Tekla, A Swedish Saga, Part Six, God's Justice, by Lady Jane Francesca Wilde, recording by Larry Wilson. And Eric roamed in distant lands, but cannot fly his weary fate. Before him in the lonely night, before him in the noonday bright, his guilty wife forever stands, a thing of loathing and of hate. Alone, as under blight and ban, he roams a saddened, weary man. Yet yearnings came to him at last, and drawn as by a spirit hand, he homeward turned his wanderings past to his own distant Swedish land, and rose up with a spirit grace as pleading to him for her life. Before him with her angel face, his beautiful, his sinning wife. The ship sailed fast through storm and rack, the ship sailed slow, the isles between, and Eric, watching on the deck, saw rise before him, low and green, the Swedish shores in level lines, the fringed shores of lordly pines. A spirit's touch, a spirit's power, seemed on him in that magic hour. He stood within his castle halls, the grass grew rank around the gate, the weeds hung from the mouldering walls, and all around was desolate. The bridal room was closed from sight, for none had dared to enter in, since by God's awful searching light the sinner had confessed her sin. Her golden ring, a hellish ban, still lay upon the marble floor, her broken ring, the fatal sign of love that could return no more. And not the purple curtain stirred, save the drear night wind's mournful gust, and golden crown and silken veil lay mouldering in the silent dust. A bitter cry, a mournful cry, was wrung by grief from Eric's breast. She sinned, she said, but suffered too. Could penitence the sin undo, her sinning soul had rest? If God can pity, why should I relentless doom a soul to die unpardoned and unblessed? Christ did not scorn the sinner's touch. Shall man avenge sin overmuch and crush the heart-woe riven? Fain would I say one word of grace, ere yet I meet her face to face, before the throne in heaven. Then led as by a spirit's might he wandered forth into the night, and rested not till he stood by the lone chapel in the wood. And she that night in bitter woe, low kneeling by the closed gate, poured out the grief those only know, by God and man, left desolate. Not but the sacred owl heard her moan of inarticulate agony, as down upon the threshold stone she sank, and prayed that she might die. O oh, piteous sound of vain despair, that mournful wailing by the gate, that wailing of a ruined soul, downfallen from its high estate. She wrung her wasted hands the while, and pressed her forehead to the bar, as if within that holy isle God's pardon yet might come to her. The cruel moon lit up the sward, and pierced the guilty soul within, that blighted form all seared and marred with deadly consciousness of sin, the form that threw no shadow more besides God's holy temple door. And the awful moon, sharp, cold, and clear, struck through her like the avenger's spear. O oh, saddest sight beneath its light, 
that humbled a suffering creature for all too heavy lay the doom upon her human nature the curse of sin that none forego the agony the pain the strife the solid soul the wasted life sin's endless heritage of woe she prayed as only those can pray who pray to be forgiven she wept as only those can weep who fear to forfeit heaven with outstretched hands and streaming eyes she pleads to heaven imploring as if her cries could pierce the skies where angels stand adoring o writhing hands o wasted hands flung out with frenzied gesture as if they fain would touch the hem of christ's fair flowing vesture bitter the dull of that sinning soul outcast of earth and heaven and her cry went up like a wail from hell across the night wind driven in the poem this recording is in the public domain